0: Hong Kong, beautiful place. I've never been, but I've seen pictures. What really makes it beautiful to me though, is that it is home to the Hang Seng stock index. And the Hang Seng, unlike most stock indexes around the world, I find it incredibly useful. Incredibly useful as a proxy for the Eurodollar system, which is the main object of our investigations here, as well as a proxy for risk perceptions about the Eurodollar system or just the economy in general. And since Hong Kong is a gateway from the rest of the world into mainland China, as well as out of mainland China, it is a money center in its own right. The Hang Seng gives us unique insights into euro-dollar flows, economic perceptions, all the big picture stuff that we really want to have more information about. And that makes sense because when the euro-dollar system is expanding, or at least when it's not as contracting as bad as it it normally does, There's more dollars around the world, and that usually means reflationary economic conditions. So dollars are looking for opportunities. They tend to find their way to Hong Kong, maybe looking for entry into mainland China. So as they're pooling up in Hong Kong, why not buy some Hong Kong big cap stocks, which are in the Hang Seng Index. So more euro dollars, less risk perception or less risky perceptions about uh, the economic circumstances, the Hang Seng tends to go up in value. The index goes up. Conversely, you get a little bit more risk averse, uh, not so constructive on the global economy, especially as it relates to China, which is in the middle of all of this. Euro dollars tighten up, the Hang Seng tends to go down. And that's why we see pretty decent, though rough correlations with a couple of other euro dollar and economic uh, factors, financial factors. For example, 30-year swap spreads, though we have to use SOFR spreads now, not LIBOR swap spreads, but there's there's a pretty good correlation between the Hang Seng and that one. Uh, A better one, maybe one that you wouldn't necessarily expect, the Hang Seng Index correlating with the two-year, 10-year U.S. Treasury spread. Because again, Perceptions about money, perceptions about the consequences of money in the real economy. When the U.S. Treasury curve is flattening or even inverted, that's not any. That's not. Any, that's not a good sign about the economic conditions. Not a good sign about the monetary system, the eurodollar. It's not going to be good for Hong Kong stocks, and it's not. So the Hang Seng index is a relatively decent proxy, as I said. Eurodollar money, risk perception in the economy as they often relate to Eurodollar money. And because it's Hong Kong, we've got China and Asia specifically insight into both of those. But first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. And a huge thank you, I wanna extend a huge thank you to all of you who joined me last Friday for our very first webinar. The turnout was absolutely phenomenal. And because it was absolutely phenomenal, I think we're going to do another one relatively soon so stay tuned to this channel you can also check out our website eurodollar.university for information about when that will be what we'll be talking about all that kind of stuff i'll make sure i inform you once we decide when and where and what and all of the details i'll make sure i let you know here at our channel on youtube but huge thank you to everyone who attended, as well as to Josh, who put together this webinar, did a terrific job. And because of that, again, as I said, I think we'll be doing it again in the near future. And you also check out our website, eurodollar.university, for all the details about memberships and subscriptions, too. But thank you again for attending, and I look forward to doing it again, another webinar in the near future. So stay tuned for that. Just as I was saying, the Hang Seng Index, it's kind of followed along exactly what you would expect given the euro-dollar global economic parameters. Well, maybe not as you would expect because according to most people, the economy in 2020, 2021 was red hot. Yet the Hang Seng Index peaked in February of 2021 around 31,000. And while it hung in there for a couple months and by June it was like 29,000, it's been all downhill from there, which, to me makes sense because as consumer prices accelerated that wasn't an economy that was red hot that was an economy heading into deeper and deeper trouble deeper and deeper trouble as priced in these hong kong shares by the time we got to the worst parts of it at least the worst parts so far last year Oct- september and october last year hang Seng was way down under four or under fifteen thousand it had lost more than fifty percent of its value in good part because monetary tightening, as well as the economy in China looking increasingly severely uh, severely impacted. Most people associated that with zero COVID and the pandemic politics, but I think the stock exchange knew somewhat better, as did CNY, which is why the Hang Seng does correlate and not just with our dollar proxies, but also the China's, China's yuan, too. It's a monetary indication of, Of conditions and risks and perceptions and those perceptions well they rebounded but only for a couple months and only partially after the September and October lows last year the Hang Seng went from around 15,000 let's say to 22,000 23,000 almost by January, but that was it. That was the reopening, the extent of reopening hype in Hong Kong stocks, in China's Yuan, in a lot of commodity markets, and a lot of places in other markets around the world too. Since January, like CNY, Hang Seng has been moving lower and lower and lower to the point where we were back below 18,000 on the index just recently. Short-term fluctuations aside, Hang Seng is telling us something important about dollar dollar liquidity as it relates to Hong Kong, Asia and China continuing to worsen as do economic prospects. So even though the Hang Seng rebounded, it didn't get all that high, just like CNY, it was telling us reopening was a possibility, but it was only a short run possibility. And very quickly as it was developing, as it was still unfolding, we were seeing the Hang Seng like CNY and some of the other indications say, Reopening wasn't going to be a huge boost after all. Instead, we're left with a Chinese economy, a global trade recession impacting the Chinese economy that the Hang Seng is saying, "We're we're not very constructive and optimistic about monetary and economic conditions into the rest of this year and next year. One reason why, China continues to be an absolute mess of a disaster. CNY, despite all the efforts that I talked about in a recent video, just recently, last week, in fact, Thursday, whatever happened on Thursday, the reset in CNY, it didn't last. While we were closed here in the U.S. for Labor Day yesterday, CNY started to move lower again. Commercial banks in there, much volatility, trying to get support under the yuan. It just doesn't work. CNY continues to go down. In fact, today, as I'm speaking to you, It was 7.3045, which is just a hair uh, below, or excuse me, just a hair above what would be the lowest value since January 2008. We're almost there. We'll We'll see how trading closes today, but it's another example, along with Hong Kong stock market struggles, that the economic picture, the monetary picture, as it relates to China and Hong Kong, isn't clearing up. Even though there are some who are betting that the worse it gets in China, the more China promises to support the economy, the more the Chinese government is going to have to do in the form of massive, massive stimulus. And that's one of the reasons why I think the short run, uh, short in the short run, the Hang Seng index has rebounded since uh, the middle of August. But again, just like reopening, the rebounds become smaller and smaller and smaller because even though there's some optimism that this will happen, most people in the marketplace, most participants in these markets, whether it's the Eurodollar system or the Hang Seng Stock Exchange, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, they realize the situation is, on the whole, getting worse and worse, deteriorating. That's what CNY is telling us. That's what Hang Seng is telling us. And that's why it correlates with all our Eurodollar or many of our Eurodollar indications. But it's not just... China. You need to keep in mind that China might be, the, might be the elephant in the room all the time, or the dragon in the room, or whatever we want to call them with China. What is this year anyway? The year of the rabbit, I think? The rabbit in the room. So the Chinese might be the rabbit in the room, but there's trouble elsewhere around Asia in particular. We talked about Europe, we talked about the U.S. labor market, but in Asia, outside of China, Japan. Japan makes sense because of their close links to China, not, not just in terms of merchandise trade, but also financial links. JPY and CNY are closely, closely correlated, more closely correlated than the Hang Seng Index. But they're, they're all telling us that the risks of, of the economy, the risks of tightening money, now oil prices going up again, thanks to OPEC and Saudi Arabia, the risks to the global economy, in particular, related to China and Asia, Japan, are only going way up. And the economic statistics that we continue to get about the Japanese economy, like the Chinese economy, are truly sobering and eye-opening. Every bit that you would expect with a lower Hang Seng price, a lower currency translation for the UN, the UN, <laughs> the Yuan, as well as the, and maybe we should call it the UN because the yen and yuan are sort of like a, a duopoly now. Incoming data from the Japanese. What we got was, as I talked about last month, we got a head fake in GDP. GDP expanded at a better than 6% annual rate in the in the second quarter of 2023, which everybody said, hey, Bank of Japan, they need to raise rates because the economy is red hot hot. And that's the perception I think most people have. And it's the same perception most people had of the Asian economy overall, as well as the global system in 2021. Consumer prices are up, must be because the economy is red hot. Purchasing activity, business investment must be through the roof. When the truth, it could not be further from the truth. Again, markets told us all along that this was not a red hot economy. It was a short run imbalance that would eventually Transitory imbalance would eventually run its course, which is what we're seeing in China as well as the rest of Asia, including Japan. Japan was a little bit later in the supply shock cycle, which is one of the reasons why there's so much confusion about the Japanese economy. The CPIs are still relatively high, though they've become, they've started to roll, roll over too. And though GDP was up by 6% annual rate in the second quarter, GDP was not up at a 6% annual rate in the second quarter. That was mostly accounting, as I said in a recent video. I went through the details there. When you look under the headline, that 6% annual rate was entirely, more than entirely, due to quirks in export and import accounting. If you want the details, check out that video. However, what we see from the GDP report is Japan's private economy, private consumption, falling at a 0.5% quarter over quarter rate, which works out to a better than 2% annual rate. And then when you exclude rent in private consumption, the number was almost 3% annual rate, negative 3%, negative 3% annual rate in the second quarter. So again, consistent with rising uncertainty, risk perceptions, negative risk perceptions, headwinds, global trade recession, all the nasty negatives that you see priced into these currency numbers. But it doesn't end there. We continue to get updates from Japan as well as China, but Japan here, household spending and especially household income, just ugly statistics. We're moving on to the monthly figures on household spending and income. These estimates are for the month of July, 2023, and oh boy. Household spending in nominal terms fell by two and a half percent from June. So just month over month, June to July, minus two and a half percent on a year over year basis. Nominal spending is down 2.1 percent in Japan. Nominal terms, it's not, it's not just down, it's, it's, it's not just rolling over, it's now down at a serious, serious rate. And nominal spending had been, like around the rest of the world, the one measure of the economy that made it seem like it was doing relatively well, that it was holding up. Now with nominal spending, and as we'll see, nominal incomes going lower and going lower fast, there's not much support for the Japanese economy. Real terms, real spending, that fell by 2.7% month over month. That's down minus 5.9% year over year. So lots less, a lot less volume running through the Japanese economy. Households are buying less. They're paying a little bit less to get a lot less. That's not a good recipe. And really, real spending is down at, at levels, not just at rates, but at levels. The Japanese economy hasn't seen since august of 2021 remember august 2021 that was the delta wave to the pandemic so we don't have any more waves of the pandemic at least not really and yet the japanese economy is performing as if it was one of those that tells you something important about conditions there not just there but as they relate to everything else the real reason is incomes are really struggling in Japan. Again, it's not inflation; it's not a wage-price spiral; it's a supply shock that impacts consumers in particular. Real, dep- real disposable personal income in Japan fell by 3.4% in July alone. That's equal to a low that got hit in May, when uh, at, between May and July and June incomes rebounded. But the, you know, rather than rather than suggest or indicate an actual recovery beginning in incomes like spending. Instead, that just was a one month aberration. Incomes in real terms in July, 2023 in Japan are equal to levels that they were way back in March of 2018. And the reason why real incomes are down, not just consumer prices as you would expect, though that is part of the, part of the problem here. The bigger part of the problem is Nominal incomes have utterly collapsed since the, be- since the beginning of this year. So throughout 2023, as everyone has said, Japan's economy is red hot. In reality, Japan's economy, the fundamentals of the Japan's economy, look a lot more like China's than they do anywhere else or anything else. Since January, nom- or actually since December, excuse me, nominal disposable personal income, nominal disposable personal income, down by a whopping 7.2%. Where's this red-hot economy? And it is the Hang Seng Stock Exchange and its Hang Seng, the Hang Seng Index and the Hong Kong Stock Exchange that has told us to expect weakening, deterioration, continuing throughout the summer and into the fall. The Hang Seng continues to itself get weaker and weaker like China's yuan, like Japan's yen, like the global economy, that it, all rep- that, is get, that, that it represents. So the Hang Seng is a proxy for Eurodollar money. It's a proxy, proxy for risk, risk, uh, risk perceptions. It's a proxy for all of these things. And we continue to see the, the data, not just related to China, but here in Japan, that backs up those perceptions. If you want to see that video I did on Japan's GDP report and the fake boom contained within it, check out the video at the link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Thank you to Eurodollar University subscribers and a huge thank you Eurodollar University members. And until next time, take care.